San Antonio Sports Star Audio Vault is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at mybestbailbonds.com. It is the Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250-945 FM. He is Joe Reinagle. I'm Jason Minix. Daryl Johnston will be with us in a second as soon as he is. We will go to him. Man, I did some great ribs yesterday. Yeah. Did, I, it was, now that we're in the studio, I can only barbecue on the weekends. So I did a great rack of ribs yesterday getting ready for that Kansas City game. You did some barbecuing this weekend. Make sure you upload it at sasportstar.com. We do Grilling with the Blitz every Thursday, where if you upload that photo, add a little recipe, you could win yourself a $50 gift card to Tri-County Meat Market. We still need some chili, though. We didn't get any, well, uh, I would say last week it was cold Thursday. Right. I didn't see any chili photos. Well, maybe we get some chili this week. We could. It's still cold. I'd like to see the, yeah, absolutely. And it's still winter. Chili in Texas is good anytime. True. You don't have to be cold outside. We eat chili when it's 100 degrees. But it's better when it's cold. It's better when it's cold. It is one of those, it's better when it is cold. And yesterday, the ribs and the cold beer, it was just a great day of football, a great weekend of football. And you know, I, I think knee-jerk reaction, Joe, is everybody saying this is the best weekend ever of playoff football. I can't remember a weekend where all four games came down to the final play. Yeah. And that is what we got. It's exactly what we got. And that was uh, that was incredible. I mean, all the games were – they had their own little – their own character, I guess, right? Every one of them. And then last night was just – I mean, just off the charts, entertaining, and just, I don't know how many times my mouth was open. You know what I mean? Just watching that, and it was just incredible. All right, Daryl Johnston, he's on the move. He's getting into an elevator as we speak. Wow. We'll we'll see how good the cell phone works with the elevator. Moose, how's your Monday? Does it work? Hey, hey, there, there you are, man. Hey, but before we talk about the games this weekend, me and every other Cowboy fan was very jealous of the reunion you had with a bunch of your Super Bowl teammates this weekend. The photo looked incredible. What's it like when all of you guys get together in a social setting like that? Uh, it's like time has stood still for 25 years, 30 years. Um, we kind of just pick up right where we left off, so... Uh, it, it's really unusual. It, it's kind of hard to explain to people, you know, how unique that situation is. So, um, you know, great to have Mark back in town. Um, uh, you know, a guy like that is going to get everybody to come out. You know, even, you know, Michael was, you know, the one that was, you know, I mean, we see him everywhere on Sunday. Yep. And the fact that he was able to, to take some time out of his busy schedule and come join us was was awesome as well. So it was great. It was great. Daryl, what what do you guys talk about? Do y'all complain about the current Dallas Cowboys? Do you talk football or <laughs> or do you do you not talk about sports at all? Uh, you catch up on family, um, probably first and foremost. Um, see how everybody's doing. What's what, what they're, you know. Gosh, we got everybody's in college now for a lot of us. So you know, how's everything going with school? Um, you know, when are they coming back? What's the future look like? Uh, you know, just any plans there. Um, but it's really, you know, mainly reminiscing, you know, for us, if we, if we do get into football, um, you know, we'll, I'll, I always talk a little bit with Troy uh, about the current state. Uh, and then, you know, guys will kind of weigh in on that a little bit. But, 
I, I think we're all respectful of how hard it is to win, um, that, you know, we probably see things a little bit differently, understand things a little bit more um, than most fans because they are so passionate about the Cowboys. So uh, we probably give them a little bit more understanding. But this was a tough one. You know, this was a, you know, that was a tough loss against San Francisco. So when we were kind of unhashing that one, um, you know, there was a little bit of disappointment there. Because I, I think even even in our situation, we we, we thought it was going to be uh, you know a little bit longer of a season for the guys. Well, and and you look at that, Daryl, and you know what the expectations are for Cowboy fans. How do it, it, when you if you're talking to a Green Bay Packer fan and you look at a, another year of in the playoffs that doesn't end with a Super Bowl, and then you look as great as Aaron Rodgers is, he's won one Super Bowl in that time, and that was back in 2010. I know, I know. That's crazy. I mean, as as high as he sits individually at the position of the quarterback in the history of the league, uh, to only have won that one Super Bowl, and I think a lot of people right away would go to Dan Marino and say Dan Marino never had an opportunity to win a Super Bowl. Um, you know, so it, it's you know John Elway struggled forever until you know they had that that magical run at the end of his career. Uh, and a lot of that was done, you know, with the addition of some of the, you know, Terrell Davis, you know, the running backs, you know, where you're kind of the thing that got John over the hump a little bit. So, you know, I, I think sometimes, you know, Jim Kelly, you know, 0 for 4, you know, they're out there. But Aaron Rodgers has, has played the game at such a high level, and he's been so good uh, at, at his position that I, I think, you know, the casual fan that, that kind of hears about Aaron Rodgers and then all of a sudden you tell them that. Yeah, but he's only won one Super Bowl. <laughs> I think a lot of people go, are you sure about that? <laughs> he seems awful good. He should have won more than that by now. Uh, and I think that that's sometimes when we see Aaron get frustrated. I think that that is, that is part of the frustration, that, that he knows about the window of opportunity in the NFL. And I think every time he misses one of these great spots, he understands that that's another window that's closing on him, and, and he hadn't taken advantage of it and won a Super Bowl. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it's got to be hard for him to wrestle with internally. All right, Daryl, let's talk about a guy that has won a lot of Super Bowls, and that's Tom Brady. Obviously, he's out of the playoffs, and, and his future is up in the air. But watching him play yesterday, I mean, it seems to me like if he's going to retire, it's not because he can't play anymore. I mean, the man is is incredible. He really is, and I think that that's, that's the one reason why I don't know if, if that was it for Tom. Um, it just seems like at this stage of his career, like you said, uh, you know, he led the league in several categories this year at 44 and a quarterback. Uh, I think for, for Tom Brady, it would be looking at, at everything else. You know, what does is, what is the entire team look like? I know how I feel. Um, you know, I still feel like I can play at a high level. Uh, I demonstrated it last year, but, but how does the team look? And I know they did a lot this year to get that roster put together. How much of that was a one-year deal just to take another shot and see if you could go back-to-back? And how much of that team will be together next year? I think that will be one of the big things that Tom looks at if you're looking at it from just uh, you know an evaluation process. But I think the big thing, if you get into it a little deeper, is you know how does Tom replace that? Do you really want to walk away when you're still playing at a level that he's playing at. I mean, we've seen a lot of guys that struggle with that at their end of their career where, you know, maybe, maybe they, they should have retired a year early and they continue to press. Shoot. I even feel that way, you know, 
I know I wasn't playing at the level I wanted to play at at the end of my career, but, you know, you love the game and you wanted to play it as, as long as you could. I wanted to be on the field when Emmett broke the record. You know, that was my driving force. And, you know, I was, you know, fortunate, fortunately, uh, somebody else made that decision for me um, because we do get stubborn and, and we want to stay as long as we can. So I just think with Tom playing at the level that he's playing at, um, with Tampa Bay still in a good position to contend next year, I just, I just, I think he takes it one more year at least because he said 45. You know, 45 was the number that he threw out there years and years ago when he said that he'd like to play the game to a certain age. And I think he's just a goal setter. And I, I think this is a conversation we, we have a little bit more next year. Uh, but I expect Tom Brady to come back and play for Tampa Bay next year. He is the Moose. Daryl Johnston joining us here on the Blitz. Three-time Super Bowl champion with the Cowboys, now an analyst with Fox Sports. Let, let's talk about the game of the year of the uh, of the weekend, that, that Kansas City-Buffalo game last night. And I want your perspective on the overtime rule, Daryl, not only as an NFL analyst and former player, but you're an exec with the Alliance, and you know what the overtime rules were there, and I've read what the overtime rules are in the XFL. Do you like the way the NFL handles overtime rules in the playoffs? That's a tough one. Um, I know they deliberated, do we just do we play a full quarter? Um, do we actually in the playoffs give teams each a full possession, regardless of what happens on, on their first possession? Um, I think it's hard. I, I think you're, you're never going to make everybody happy, and usually when you're trying to make everybody happy, you don't make anybody happy, uh, and that, that may be where we're at right now. Um, you know, from a football perspective, you'll hear a lot of people say, "If you want to win the game, win it in regulation. Um, don't don't complain about what happens in overtime." And, and that was when we went to the rule of, you know, if you kick a field goal on the opening possession, the other team gets another opportunity. Um, you know, now are we going to grant another opportunity just because it's playoff football? Uh, and now we're distinguishing between regular season and postseason. Um, I think there's just so many things, you know, that you have to unpack there. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm kind of a purist. I, I like the way it is now that you each get a possession. Um, I think it is, especially with conditions in play outdoors, that that one possession for a field goal to win in overtime, I was okay with granting both teams the possession. I, I just don't think we want to keep pushing it farther and farther down the road. Because there's always going to be another scenario where you're going to say, well, well, what about this also? You know, we should probably tweak it a little bit here, too. And you just continue to change. So I think I'd like to see the NFL just kind of, you know, stay where they are right now. And, uh, you know, there'll, there'll be other situations that come up and people will will find a reason to be unhappy about it. But, um, you know, I, I, I like where it is right now. And I know it's hard. Listen, nobody knows the Bills franchise as, as, as good as I do. I mean, I, I, mean, I grew up. In Western New York, I, I, I know how that, that fan base lives and dies. The, the Bills Mafia does not only great things for their community, but for other communities. I mean, they're just a very unique, unique fan base. And I cannot wait till the day they win the Super Bowl um, because it's going to be amazing for that community. And, and I know how devastated they are right now. But, you know, I, I think if you even talk to the diehard Bills fans up there, they're going to give you a lot of reasons why that game should have never gone to overtime in the first place and that they should be hosting the AFC Championship game. Yeah, like, I don't know, squib it with 13 seconds left? <laughs> that, might, that might be a good place to <laughs> Yeah, Daryl, you, you've got a unique perspective on this as a former player, as a champion, but also as a football fan. When you watch Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes last night, are you in awe like the rest of us at what those guys can do? 
Yeah, it, it, it takes me back to the days, you know, growing up when, you know, they had the great quarterbacks with, it was Elway and Marino and, and then, you know, my playing days, you know, you know, a little bit prior, you know, to that was Montana. You know, there, there was just, there were so many great quarterbacks that were playing the game when I was growing up as a kid and becoming a, a fan of the game of football uh, in the NFL. And then also the beginning, the beginning of my career when we actually had an opportunity to play against some of them. Um, and then, you know, the rivalries that we had, you know, Steve Young and Troy Aikman and Brett Favre. And, I mean, it, it was just fantastic. And, I, and I'm so excited to see that again. Um, you know, it, it's, it's predominantly in the AFC right now, but the AFC is really poised, you know, to have a decade of fantastic football with the quarterbacks that they have in that league right now. So I was, I was absolutely blown away. There were so many times I thought that game was over. And it was funny because I was traveling back and I'm watching it on a phone and my wife is texting me. And she went back and forth so many times. Oh, the Bills won. The Bills won. Oh, no, they didn't. I'm so sorry. Oh, they did. They won. They won. It was, it was the most hysterical text chain once I was able to read through the whole thing. Uh, so, yeah, just a, just a phenomenal performance. And it's one of those games where you just hate to see one of the teams lose. Uh, so, you know, congratulations to, to Andy Reid and, and his team and boy, Sean McDermott. Well, it, it, this is going to be fun to watch. For, for several years I'm, I'm really i'm really excited to watch that that bills kansas city rivalry it's going to be fun for years to come for sure daryl and again with the uh, cowboys glasses back on with some of the coaching calls made whether it was the buffalo game late on the squib or 13 seconds left how you defended that play or todd bowles going with an all-out blitz and matt stafford hitting cup over the top because you know you let that guy run free for whatever reason could you imagine if Mike McCarthy was on the podium after something like that happened to the Cowboys? Does he get unfair criticism with coaching decisions? I think so. I think people have been hard on him. Um, you know, I think every coach has got, you know, some things in his past that he struggled with clock management. Um, you know, and at some point, you, you know, they, they've moved past that. They continue to work. I remember talking to Andy Reid one time, and he spent the bulk of the offseason prior to them really getting into practices you know, working on situational football. And, and one of the things was end of game and end of half. Uh, and, you know, he, he watched, I think he told me over 1,500 different circumstances and scenarios to try and get an idea on how to do it. So I, I think from a fan's perspective, you have to understand that if you've struggled with something during the year in the offseason, you are doing everything you can to work on it. And, and Mike has done that. And I think you get some unique things from time to time. And, and hopefully you learn, you know, from watching other things. I mean, how many people learned? from watching the Dallas Cowboys onside kick against the Atlanta Falcons last year. You know, I, I saw that kick tried multiple times, you know, through the rest of the season and nobody executed it because everybody saw it when it's something new and you've seen it for the first time, uh, you know, it's tough to react in the situation, you know, in the, in the moment. Um, and then you, you hope you learn from that and then you continue to press and find other circumstances that, that could cost you a game uh, that you're prepared for. So you don't have to go through it you've learned at somebody else's expense. And, and I think that Mike has done that. Um, you know, you know, my big thing is, you know, how do you get Cooper cup open in that situation? You know, there's been talk about a blown coverage and maybe Todd's decision to go all out pressure at that point, but it's still Cooper cup. You know, that's the one guy you can't let beat you. How does Devonte Adams, you know, have seven catches? How was he the only guy at one point during the game that was only targeted? Um, you know, that's the one thing coming into that game that you, you couldn't let happen. And, and why doesn't CD lamb have plays, in a big game. So I, I think the scheming is, is the one thing I think that, that people would rather see, you know, cause we see other teams do it. Um, you know, so there, there may be some people frustrated with the clock management, 
But but my thing is you, you've got some weapons there, and, and why 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 are we not getting to them? You know, more often in, in the critical situations of the game. So now that that would probably be my big takeaway from from what happened to Dallas this year. Daryl, before we let you go, I'm putting you on the spot. Next <laughs> Monday when we talk, who are we talking about getting ready for the Super Bowl? Uh, you know, I'm just going to be like a weird historian guy and say we're going back to San Francisco, Cincinnati, the most watched Super Bowl in Super Bowl history. Uh, we're going to start that one again. Um, and wouldn't that be weird if that that continued for a couple times like it did back in the 80s? That would be wild. That'd that would be a couple be of big upsets this yes, weekend. Joe Burrow and uh, rookie kicker with a lot of confidence. It'll be interesting to see. We'll talk but, about but it next it, week. It a, it, but but is it is it an upset? You know, really, right? Because Cincinnati went to Arrowhead and beat Kansas City yep. in December. Yep. Um, the Niners have owned the Rams yes. as of late. I, is it five in a row, six in a row? Yeah. Twice this year. And and, and that that's that's the thing I'm 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 most worried about happening this week is it's it's really hard to beat a team three times in one season. <laughs> not if you're better than they are, not if you match up really well against them. It's not. So uh yeah, I think I think San, San Francisco Cincinnati would uh you know, just from a you know, a historical, you know, perspective and, and probably a little bit more hope. Um, the one thing that's, you know, we've never had a Super Bowl played in the home stadium of one of the participants up until last year, and now we might have it two years in a row. I mean, to me, that's kind of crazy, too. Well, and the thing about the Rams could have the NFC Championship game in that stadium and then the Super Bowl, and that's never happened. That never happened. <laughs> there we go. Crazy. So we, we can either go, we can either we can either reminisce and, and and wax poetically about the Cincinnati San Francisco Super Bowls of the '80s, or we can we can have history made again. You know, Daryl, uh, it, it's going to be a fun week to talk about and then get to the games. But before we let you go, man, whoever your phone provider is or that elevator, uh, congrats, man. Yes. Knowing that there was an elevator <laughs> up and down or whatever, and and through that, no drops. That's incredible, man. We'll talk to you next week. You got it. Take care. Appreciate it. The Moose, Daryl Johnston. Always good stuff, Mondays with the Moose. It is. And, you know, he just adds such a unique perspective, and, mm-hmm. and you, and you got to love that, too.